It's time for episode 479 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it's always the most wonderful time of the year. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. Hello, Micah. How are you today? Hello to you, Dan Morin. How you doing? I am trying to sing the song, but say words, and it's very hard to do. (laughs) Oh, boy. What a a wonderful start to today's show. (laughs) Very, we always promise the musical episode, maybe today. Um, well, this is, of course, the show where we have a chorus of fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is the co-host of Automators, uh, Nested Folders, iOS Today, all sorts of great stuff. It is Rosemary Orchard. Welcome back, Rosemary. Uh, hi. I, I'd, I'd like to start singing, um, but I, I'm, I've now got stage fright, so I'll just say hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, no one is required to sing. Worry not. Uh, to my left is the editor-in-chief at No Jitter and also Workspace Connect, as well as a prolific podcaster uh, on the Incomparable Network. It is Lisa Schmeiser. Hi, Elisa. She'll be singing public domain songs for you. She'll be singing public domain songs for you. You won't have to pay their royalties, as Cap Ken Cooler, just because she's singing public domain songs for you. Woo! I love being on this podcast, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you're here to sing with me. Amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. This The bar has been raised, but, uh, you know, this is topical, actually, because as I'm kicking this off with my question, Apple issued an update to its replay music feature that looks back at your year in music and the songs and artists and stuff that you listen to. I'm kind of curious to know if this feature this kind of feature since other music services have it as well do you find this compelling do you look at it do you find it interesting i mean do you get value out of it i'm just kind of curious about your experience with this kind of feature rosemary let's kick it off with you i feel like i'm one of the most boring people in the world when it comes to music because like it's not that i don't look for new music and i don't listen to new music i don't like new music but i very definitely like don't end up seeking it out and so I end up having a lot of the same things in there from year to year on this kind of feature. So I've never really got a lot out of it before. Um, but I have to say, it's always interesting seeing updates to this sort of thing. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe now that, you know, everybody seems very into this, if somebody is going to make like a jukebox style app, which is going to like pick out like your top played songs and like the hidden gems from related artists and stuff and like shuffle them all into a massive playlist for you or something. Because that would be the feature that would compel me because finding like those hidden gems that you thought you knew everything, but it turns out you were missing something. uh, That's what really gets me excited about new music. I mostly listen to audiobooks. And that's maybe been for the past two years, or maybe even three. Uh, Most of my audio listening goes to audiobooks. The only time I'm listening to music, or almost the only time I'm listening to music is when I'm in the car. So 
mine is super skewed and is I think a not is not an accurate representation of my musical tastes. So I ended up being a little disappointed with how mine turned out because I just didn't listen to a lot of music this year. Um, so it kind of it, it almost entirely centered itself around album releases, which means that mine basically just has Beyonce, 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 Beyonce because of the new album that came out. But it's not as if I did so much listening of Beyonce. It's just that that is the much of the only listening that I did do because the rest was spent doing audiobooks. So yeah, I kind of wish I could do the year over (laughs) and listen to more music. Uh, (laughs) But alas, Uh, what about you, Lisa? So Micah, you mentioned what I actually want from this feature, which is I don't want my musical year in review. I want cool people's musical year in review. (laughs) So I can discover the stuff they were listening to or really dove into. I I want to be able to see the years in review of um, people who might put more time and effort into this sort of musical discovery than I do. <laughs> um, what I was going to also note is the inherent problem with uh, year in review things is if you share any of your accounts with somebody, mm-hmm. it will be completely skewed. And as an example, um, I gave my tween daughter access to my Spotify account. So my year in review, instead of um, including my my usual, what I refer to as jangle rock, like 90s indie pop and the, the stuff that succeeded it, um, instead of a lot of that, I've now got like M. Byhold and Dua Lipa and, uh, <laughs> and artists. I'm I'm sure the algorithm like the the algorithms are like we, we have no idea what this person is listening to anymore. We can't understand how she went from the old 97s to Taylor Swift over the course of 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 15 minutes. Um, and the answer is we went there because my daughter and I were fighting for control of who had the stream. But <laughs> but no, I. I I don't find the here was your year in retrospect stuff particularly interesting. I find other people's more interesting because I would prefer to discover things through the filter of other people's taste. I also don't find a huge value to this for myself, but I, I agree. I do like looking looking at other people's and seeing stuff because I am, like many of you, not not someone who discovers a lot of new music, it seems like, every year. So I kind of wish there was more of a social aspect to this in some ways. Um uh, you know, I'm not saying bring back ping, but I'm saying that perhaps there is a, a way to sort of be able to look at your friends. And in fact, Apple Music, as we talked about at some point, I think in the last couple months, does allow for you to have like friends that you follow and stuff and learn about. So it's kind of weird that there isn't any sort of social feature to be like, hey, what are my what are my friends listening to this year? Um, or to have at least the ability to share with your friends, like, here's what I listened to this year, other than posting it on some other form of social media. Um, seems like a missed opportunity there. But yeah. Uh, Thanks for your thoughts on that topic. Let's move to our second topic, which comes from Rosemary. Well, um, you know, we're talking about making friends online, social media, um, you know, and bringing back ping. Um, So uh, this is slightly vaguely adjacently related in that Mars Edit 5 is now out in public beta. So Mars Edit, for folks who don't know, is a lovely piece of blogging software, um, uh, red sweater software. Um, And it's it's had a few versions, obviously, it's at version 5. But what it does do is it supports uh, various things like uh, micropublish and ActivityPub, which means that you can post to micro.blog and that can then be posted out to things like, um, you know, Twitter and and, um, Mastodon and similar. And I was wondering, you know, do you have 
like a favorite thing about software that seemingly kind of niche like this or or maybe it isn't niche at all and I'm completely and utterly um, misguided in that uh, thinking. Um, and do you think that this sort of thing is, a, is something that might actually help folks bridge a social media gap um, that seems to be looming. Uh, there's that uh, excellent uh, image of, um, I can't remember who it is, I think it's Tim Cook standing on the two lorries and they get really, really far apart and he does the splits in between them. Uh, I feel like social media is attempting pulls in that direction um, and uh, I'm hoping to avoid it. Micah? I would say the niche software that I use is called Napkin. And it's not even in uh, development anymore. It was uh, created by uh, Guy English and some Chris, other folks. And yeah, I think so. And huh? it, basically all it uh, is for is taking uh, screenshots and sort of annotating them. And it was, I feel, uh, the tool created for people who wrote blogs or or wrote for websites that used Drupal <laughs> um, and who wanted to easily kind of show a step-by-step process for how to do a thing across maybe, you know, your iPhone photos. Uh, so you'd take screenshots of the several screens and it had these great arrow tools and these great alignment tools and resizing tools. And it just seemed purpose-built for what I needed at the time. Um, and I don't use it much these days because I don't do really any how-to writing, but I still love that tool. And that is because it really was perfectly built for people who needed the exact things that I needed. And I am almost certain that the creators, uh, including Guy, got that direct feedback from people like us uh, to say, oh, could it do this? Or, oh, could we adjust this? And then it was made better all because of that. So yeah, I, th- I think the big thing about uh, niche software is the fact that it ends up being something that is in part made by the people using it through their feedback and the developer like actually listening to and being able to uh, capture and and sort of synthesize down the feedback that's given. Uh, Lisa, what are your thoughts? I think one of the great things about a niche tool is when you're able to further customize it to what you're doing. Um, the example I'd use is BB Edit up back in. <laughs> and this is where I really date myself back when um, WYSIWYG HTML editors were the worst. Um, <laughs> keep, keep in a musical, guys. Um, <laughs> back when they were the worst, uh, I was working for a design firm where we were ordered to hand code all of our HTML. My job at the time was to build out website prototypes and then to do some light CGI bin scripting for and, and JavaScripting for interactivity. And um, all of this hand-coded. We built out a suite of scripts that made sure all of our HTML was cross was was would work across browsers consistently. And what's more, it was W3C compliant. And then there were another set of custom scripts we could run that checked all of our code for us anytime we were writing javascript or or perl scripts within um you know using that text editor and for the job i was doing at the time it was just so perfect because it was fast simple clean easy to use and we could always tweak stuff in the scripts as the technical requirements of a job demanded it i think now that my work has changed so much um, to get back to Rosemary's original question. I would love like a niche tool 
that would allow me to, say, write a newsletter, and then that tool automatically pulled out the perfect excerpt for a, a, a Twitter or Mastodon or post or Facebook, or, you know, you could basically, it's the dream of write once, publish everywhere and publish in a way that's optimized for the platform. Um, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of AI would be involved. <laughs> and that sort of takes it from niche to, um, oh, I don't know, potentially world conquering. <laughs> so. I am actually a, I'm a Mars Edit user. I've been a Mars Edit user for a long time. Um, Daniel Jalka, the, the, developers a good friend of mine um and i've tested a whole bunch of different versions over the years i'm a huge fan of it it is really a great experience and daniel's a one-man shop and i think you know to micah's point i think that's one of the great things about this sort of niche software is oftentimes it is being done by independent developers small developers you know uh, small teams of people and there is a responsiveness to that because the people who are making it are doing it because they it's something generally they feel passionate about uh, in addition to it being their business and their livelihood um, and they want to make a great product so you know as opposed to giant pieces of software you know your microsoft words and your general your apple software and stuff like that where it's like impossible to ever get like any sort of foot in the door if you need something or like want to see a new feature or something like that uh, you have a good, you know, chance of being able to, um, you know, get access to the developer team and suggest something, and maybe even see it come to fruition, which is really nice. In terms of like, you know, bridging social media and stuff like that, I think that there is, you know, I'd love to see more people using uh, Mars Edit, not only because it would uh, suggest a return to blogging, but also I'm sure Dickus Daniel would appreciate it. Um, and I love the idea of having something that's more under your control. I mean, that is obviously the big advantage of having a blog is uh, it's something that nobody else is is necessarily in charge of. So um, I, I certainly would love to see a niche tool for for bridging more of those social media gaps so I don't have to have like eight different social media clients. But I think, unfortunately, we've seen that that tends not to be the way these things work out. And oftentimes, those sort of jack-of-all-trade clients are not great. But I do appreciate that there's still a vibrant market for these more niche software tools. And uh, I hope it continues. Uh, Rosemary, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, well, I mean, like you've all said, you know, it's the 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 fact that you can find a tool that seems so weirdly random in many ways because it fulfills your exact needs. Um, and if it doesn't, then you get to talk to the developer and, and they just add things for you. Um, another great uh, tool that I love to use is uh, File Scripts from uh, Daniel, um, who's behind uh, Mars Edit, uh, and that works so well on all of my machines and you know i've i found so many cool tips and tricks through it and it adds better apple script support for things like regular expressions which really makes my nerd heart sing um but uh there's also things like bunch um from red terpster which you know it seems like a very niche app it's an app that sits in your menu bar for launching different kinds of modes um like why why wouldn't you just like click on the things and there's other apps that can do this but for me somehow the fact that this is all just a pile of text files just it just makes me happy um and uh it's really cool to uh be able to do that so uh i don't know that mars edit's necessarily going to solve my uh bridging the social media gap but at the very least uh i'm using it to post a micro.blog which then deals with getting it out to all the social media for me so i don't have to worry quite so much 
All right. That is two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by, uh, you know, a discount on the Relay FM membership because it's the festive season and it's the time of year that you should give the gift of a Relay FM membership, which you can now purchase for 20% off until December 17th. That includes such fabulous shows as Automators on and, and the Automators Max membership, uh, as well as uh, Clockwise Unwound here at Clockwise, where you can get an extra overtime topic every week and you can get that for a deal not only uh you know for yourself which you can go ahead and treat yourself but you could treat somebody else who might be interested in it and in addition to getting extra bonus content uh, for this specific show you can also get access to the relay fm members discord you get a monthly behind the scenes newsletter some uh, wallpaper packs for both desktop and mobile so many great things plus extra content and of course the feeling of joy that you get from knowing that you support a show and uh like perhaps clockwise so go ahead go over to giverelay.com uh, where you can get 20 percent off a relay fm membership for a year until december 17th check it out our thanks to ourselves for sponsoring this episode <laughs> and that is halftime i'm gonna kick it over to micah my question for you uh would child you be blown away by today's tech or does it still have a ways to go? And it can be that you're blown away by some things and not by others, um, or that you're just not impressed all the way around. I'm curious, would child you be blown away by the tech of today? Lisa, we'll start with you. I think child me would be giddy over the fact that I have electronic library cards and can access books from and, and download them to a tablet and read them. I think that the child me would be super disappointed with the lack of technology that ch child me had expected to be ubiquitous by this point. Like when I was a kid, I genuinely believed that we'd have solar installations everywhere and we'd be running on clean energy. And I fell in love with hydroponic gardening as a kid, and I sort of assumed we'd have like public hydroponic and water gardens to, you know, pocket agriculture everywhere. Ba basically, I, I was kind of expecting technology to make the world look more like um, the cover of a sci-fi novel, you know, clean energy, abundant, weird gardens, um, bringing back species from the dead, things like that. We haven't done that yet. So I think Kidney would be very disappointed by that, but Kidney would also be pretty happy with that, the mobile revolution and the web and what I would argue is the eversion of cyberspace, the way we've sort of brought these mediated shared digital environments into the real world, and they're just integrated into geographic space at this point. So it would be a mixed bag. I did find myself actually thinking about this just the other day as I walked into my bedroom, lifted my wrist computer and told my virtual assistant to turn on the lights in there and sort of had that <laughs> stop moment like... Oh, uh, I mean, the fact that you, I, I can have this computer on my wrist that can get messages from people far flung around the world or let me know about news or my heart rate or whatever. I mean, that is that is wild to me. It's something that is taken for granted because we saw the evolution of it. Um, but I think, you know, going back to me as a kid, the idea of like, you know, seeing Dick Tracy with the wristwatch radios like that, that to me was kind of. Uh, such a, a huge impetus. Uh, and then you add to that the smartphone, obviously, similarly, 
um, seemed like the stuff of science fiction. Just the idea of a cell phone when I was a kid, you know, would have been kind of mind blowing. Like Lisa, I think there's some disappointments. I did feel like not only would we probably have our, you know, fusion reactors powering our houses and and all the the clean energy and and have gotten off fossil fuels and had flying cars and all that, but also you know progressions in other ways like. You know, I don't think I anticipated a lot of the dark sides of technology because as a kid, I think I was much more optimistic. So, you know, social media and disinformation and um, all of the impacts of technology that have sort of caused a lot of problems. I that is stuff that is disappointing, but is, I guess, inevitable to a certain degree. So um, I think child me would be excited by what the, the, the promise of technology could offer. Um, but also a little disappointed that it hadn't solved as many problems as I thought it would and created a lot of problems instead. Also would be super excited to know that like 35 years later, he's still got a Mac. So that's pretty great. <laughs> Rosemary, what about you? A kid me would be very disappointed with adult me for being so excited about being able to pay for things. Um, because honestly, Apple Pay is just great. Um, and the fact that I <laughs> I, I don't have to like dig through my bag and pull out a card and like put it in the machine and type in a number or if you're in America like pick up a pen um like what is this the dark ages <laughs> um but um like and so kid me is gonna be really disappointed that adult me is actually genuinely excited by that um but um you know there's a lot of great things that we've got. Um, and I, I find myself when I walk around, say, for example, my parents' house, I'll walk into their kitchen and have a brief moment of confusion because the lights don't just turn on. Because I've gone way further with home automation than a lot of other people where I basically just never touch buttons anymore unless I want like something very specific. Like I walk into a room, it understands what I'm going to need from it and the lights and so on adapt automatically. Like we are at that point if you are willing to invest uh, some of the time setting things up with some like home assistant or home kit or similar. Um, but we don't have flying cars. Um, and I went to the cinema in 2015 and I watched all three Back to the Futures um, consecutively. And Marty McFly came to 2015 at exactly the right moment. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we still don't have a hoverboard. Like, come on, people. Yeah, is, is it really so hard to just take the wheels off a skateboard and make it fly? Please? <laughs> I will tell you, Dan, for me, it always is my Apple Watch, the computer on my wrist that is the thing where I will sometimes stop and go, wow, kid me would be so amazed by this. This little thing on my wrist can do so much. And I never thought that, you know, I, I would I would get to uh, be a part of that. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a mixed bag as well for me. Um, some things that we we could we could definitely work on, but the little things end up kind of amazing me sometimes when I stop and think about them. So that's what inspired the question. Uh, thank you all for your answers on that one. Let us go to our uh, next topic, which comes from Lisa. Well, it's a time of tremendous transformation in the social media market. Let's say. During times of tremendous transformation, there's opportunity. You have the opportunity to launch a social media service or app from scratch. You're going to run this site. You're going to build a community. It's going to scale up and become the next big thing. What is your social media? What, what is your social media hook? What's your social media service from scratch? I'm going to paraphrase an old computing uh, uh, adage, which is the, <laughs> the only perfect system is one with no users. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, the, the social media where you can sign up but you can't post anything. That's my that's my perfect. Oh, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a very um, puzzle box or something. Yeah, it's a little um, it's a little Sartre, I think, in its implementation there. Uh, no exit, but also no entrance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the first thing that popped in my head was a tagline of like social media that doesn't suck. Um, but I don't really, I don't know what that would be. Try to envision that. I yeah. know yeah. it's too hard because like I thought like oh well, what if when you could just only you can only post like gifs or something like that? And I was like, nah, people would abuse that. Um, <laughs> what if you could only post pictures of like your cute pets or something? And I was like, eh, I don't know. But, like maybe that's too much. Yeah, I think it's a social media service where you sign up. Uh, and then you're done and you never, never have to look to at post. anything. <laughs> you never have to look at anything. You never have to post anything. It's just, uh, you've, you've registered your, your domain name. So nobody else can take it. Uh, and then you're done. You're out. It's the minimalist existentialist social network. There you go. Well, um, I mean that, that's better than mine. I don't really have a plan for the social media network, but I have a marketing plan, um, which is I'm not Elon Musk and I'm not crazy, um, which seems like a pretty strong starting point for marketing perspectives. Um, and uh, the, the, the only thing that I really thought of is um, a minimum post length. Um, so you have to post uh, a minimum of uh, 500 characters um, for <laughs> your post. And also every image has to have uh, alt text um, yes, if you're yes, going to post yes, an image. Yes, yes. Um, so um, like making people be a little bit more thoughtful about what they're posting. Um, and I kind of like the idea of um, like maybe just go full, um, you know, total party kill preferably without the actual death um, and <laughs> give everybody like a character um, and they can change characters when they like. But once Ooh. they've changed characters, um, like they, they can't just switch back, um, you know, within like that. So that circle that they're the, talking about. The problem to. with Twitter, they have 280 so. characters. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's the problem. Well, anyway. <laughs> role playing side. That's kind of fun. Um, For me, mine would be an, Look, there are probably nine other services out there already that are like this, but it's an audio um, social media. So you speak into your phone and it automatically like part of the service is it transcribes what you say and turns it into a video. So it is both text that you can view, but also video you can watch of what the person is saying. And it has, it uses AI, machine learning, blah, 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 to add some fun to the video. So as you're talking in the background, if you're talking about, uh, you know, beautiful orange kitty cats, then that will kind of be in the background, Ken Burnsing, um, while that part is being talked about. And then you continue on with what you're saying. And it, it sort of just makes these little videos that people can watch um, to see what it is that you're sharing. But also, if they just want to read the text, they can do that instead. Uh, so yeah, audio first, but gets turned into both video and text. That is all very accessible because it starts as text. Um, Lisa, what about you? Tell us your clever idea. Oh, it's really dumb compared to yours. <laughs> it's actually dumb compared to everyone's because I thought, honestly, what I thought was it would be a social networking um, service slash site that was only active from like September 20th to November 1st. And it would be nothing but Halloween where 
you post like skeleton dancing images or you upload crafts that that you think are cool or you post pictures of like your neighbor's Halloween decorations or somebody has like a, a, a short video of them dancing along to like the Nightmare Before Christmas. But it would basically be by, for, and about people who like really love spooky season and it would only open up on the first day of fall and it would shut Ooh. down on November 1st. And that's it. <laughs> Limited run. Um, Go wild. Get it all out of your system. Wait for it to come back the next year. It doesn't have to be like continuous dopamine hits and continuous participation. It's an event. That sounds fun. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, we, 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 we can all go there now. Um, but, but only for like a month. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's fine. I have no problems yeah. with that. All right, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. So let me ask you briefly, when do the holiday decorations go up, Rosemary? Uh, well, Penelope, my advent calendar penguin, is sitting behind me, stuffed and ready to go. Um, she's perhaps a little overstuffed right now, so I'll have to help her out with that later. And the Christmas tree is going up tonight. That's so funny because I think that uh, I'm going to start putting stuff up tonight as well. Uh, I'm years past it's varied depending on how i'm feeling uh when things go up or don't go up but yeah this year i'm trying to trying to make it happen for december 1st so that's got to be tonight what about you lisa um i started putting out tea lights like i have a lot of battery operated tea lights and i started tucking those into house plants and i have one of those battery operated ceramic christmas trees and i always stick it in the bathroom it's on a timer i put that out like on Monday, just because it amused me to do so. I will be, um, we usually aim for the first weekend in December to put everything up, like the tree, get some poinsettias, put, t- tack up some garland, things like that. And so my Saturday and Sunday will be busy. I wish I had a better answer for myself. It tends to move around a lot, but it's definitely sort of the first-ish weekend in December. Yeah. My my wife is a little more enthusiastic about uh, like getting out there than I am, so we'll probably get our Christmas tree this weekend, and that will be sort of the big uh, impetus to do the decorations. But thank you all for your uh, Im- important input on when we should start decorating for the holidays. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every single week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year. You'll help support the show. And of course, as I mentioned at halftime, uh, if you go over to giverelay.com, uh, you can get uh, 20%, 20% off. So, you know, it's even better. <laughs> it's even better. Uh, and this week's overtime topic, we discuss media consumption. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests. Rosemary Orchard, thank you so much for coming back to Clockwise. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure as always. And Lisa Schmeiser, thank you for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I I adore being on this podcast. (laughs) And Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody out there listening... Watch what you say, watch what you say, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock, keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>